Hey everyone, and thank you for coming to this uh, edition of Midnight Wars. Uh, this is a little bit different. This is a Ask Me Anything or Ask Us Anything. I have Jessica Boy here as a special guest. Hey, Jessica, how are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm awesome. <clears throat> Can't complain. I'm here with you and all these wonderful people that are listening and watching to watching us. It's it, it's a great evening. Um, so what we're going to do is do a reverse town hall, which pretty much means you're going to ask us all the questions you have. Um, about cybersecurity, technology, LinkedIn, um, how to get to do something. If there's something you want to say or express, um, um, we're going to let you do it. So if, put your comment, put it in your comments um, on LinkedIn. Um, tell me you want to go on the air. I'm going to send you a little link, um, a little link that will say uh, uh, that you need to click on and go on the air. And if you don't want to go on the air, that's also fine. Just ask us whatever you want to ask us in the, uh, in the comment section. And, and we'll uh, um, um, address it there. Um, so waiting until the, the, the questions come in, and again, please uh, write your questions um, in the comment section. We'll be more than happy to answer them on, on the, on here on LinkedIn Live. Or um, if you want to go on the air and have a discussion about something about your question, we can also do that. Um, um, so um, uh, don't forget to do it. Anyway, so before, um, um, just letting the questions pour in. So Jessica, what do you think about the whole Twitter thing? It's like everybody's talking <laughs> about it. It's, it's like, so I'm on Twitter. I, I'm not active a lot, but I just, I'm just go, I go there every hour to see if Elon Musk did something else today. What did Elon do is my question. And that's why I go, what, what do you think about all of that? I, I don't know. I wasn't a big Twitter user. I think the only time I really went on there was just to see like people's funny tweets and things of that nature. Like, um, there's a few people I followed, but I really, I wasn't a heavy Twitter user at all. So I'm kind of just like, eh, you know, <laughs> um, in the cybersecurity community of uh, people who relied on it, um, too, for information and things of that nature. Um, so I, I know there's some, uh, a lot of ruffled feathers out there for, you know, the charging for the blue check mark and, um, and stuff that he's doing. But it, it's, I don't know, for me, it's like any big corporation, you know, when a new CEO takes over, you know, they're going to make changes there. They could possibly be layoff. So it is what it is. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just watching it and it's, uh, the, all the argument about the blue check mark and, uh, should he fired all these, uh, people or, um, should he bring it and he's apparently he's bringing some people back. Uh, which is also some sort of a, you know, oops, sorry, we fired you. Can you come back? Um, kind of deal. Um, uh, it seems like a not, not very thought over process to me. So not, it wasn't like well thought of. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And it's hard because like, I'm not a part of it. You know, I never worked for Twitter. I'm not there. I've never been a CEO. So it's hard for me to say what what that's supposed to look like. Um, is it does it seem from the outside very drastic? Yeah, it does. Anybody from the outside, it seems heavily drastic. But then again, you know, I'm I'm not a billionaire. I'm not Elon Musk. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to beat him. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. I'm so, good with where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems to be that the more money you have, the more problems there are at this point. 
More money, more problems. More yep. money, more problems. Christian's <laughs> um, asking a question. How CISO should manage resources priority, especially right now with, uh, uh, with cost cutting? Um, so this is something that I think every business is dealing with right now, including where I work at. Um, so the, uh, it's important to make a priority list for you, for the CISO. Um, what are the things you can't have, don't, you can't live without. Um, and for those you have to, uh, you have to fight for, um, some things are going to go, are going to have to go. Um, if it's, if it's, uh, some sort of a extraordinary platform you got that discovers, uh, uh, penetra uh, penetrations, uh, from, uh, from, uh, um, other regions in the, in the world, in the country. Um, and it gives you like a second by second, uh, um, uh, metrics of what's going on, you, you might not need that. Um, so it's important to, first of all, think with yourself about what needs to, to stay and what needs to go. And with that, uh, with that list, go, of course, to the CFO, which is a final decision maker in any cost cutting measures and um, 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 tell them, hey, this, this is what needs to stay. This is the bare minimum. And depending also, of course, if you're in some sort of a uh, environment that requires you to have those things. That's that's going to be easier to make your case. If if it's medical HIPAA compliance, if it's finance, um, you have the SEC and FINRA. Um, if it's defense department, then you have to have some certain things that that if you work with the defense department, you're going to have certain things that you're going to have to do. Um, that makes it easier to fight for those things. But be ready to let go of some things that are less important. Uh, what do you think, Jess? Yeah, um, I think you hit it on the head with some of that from your, um, it's, it's about looking at, you know, looking about what you have, um, and where, um, maybe some other tools or other resources that you can use, um, that you might be double dipping into. Um, I've found that, uh, um, certain security can, tools can do some of the same features, um, and you might be running a double, uh, something double and, you know, paying double money for something that one tool could do, you know, a part of. Um, I've also seen things that um, you could actually go back to the vendors if some of your um, tools or something that you're utilizing is coming up. Um, to be uh, recontracted out, rebitted, or however you say it. Um, I'm not a CISO. I've never been a CISO. Um, but I, I, I know there's some negotiation, you know, um, especially exactly, if you're yeah. at that, that close of contract windows. And a lot of them, if they want to earn your business, some of them offer some pretty big discounts. So it's worth, it, it's worth going in there and actually haggling with them. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, first of all, if you go to a, a vendor and say, hey, our CFO wants to do some cost cutting. Um, let's talk about pricing, um, or we're going to have to 100% eliminate uh, your contract. But before we do that, let's talk about if you can work with us on, uh, we really like you, we want to keep you, let's see if you can do something with us. Or even sometimes, and it happens in all organizations, um, sometimes you have too many licenses for something. I first, first time I got into several organizations, we were 25, 30% over in our license. So doing a cost cutting was easy to just say, okay, we don't need those 30% licenses because nobody's using them. We don't have 50 servers anymore because we moved everything to the cloud. So 50 servers licenses for 
2x can be eliminated. Um, so that's one way to do cost cutting as well. Yeah, and then your logging retention too. There's some cost cutting cost cutting benefits there if you're able to, um, you know, and still following co compliance and procedures and standards like that. Um, some some of them charge more for longer retention periods, but if you actually don't need those longer retention periods, there might be some cost cutting benefits there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a reminder, everyone, if you want to ask some questions, ask us questions. This is like a reverse town hall. Uh, you ask us the questions, and we, we will be more than happy to answer them. Uh, let me see the questions. This is a comment here. That was a really Twitter good question, though. Yeah, it was a really good question, especially now with cost cut, like with the, with the economy, cost cutting is going to be on everyone's agenda, very, if not now, very soon. Democracy. Uh, Elon Twitter just announced bankruptcy is not out of the question. Also, entering uh, they will likely lose billions in 2023. I think they said they are losing like four million or four like some some amount per day. Um, so if they're losing four million dollars per day, so it comes up to be yeah a billion and and some each year. Um, and I think the social media platform crisis situation brings many similarities to the previous physical housing crisis, the 2008 crash from uh, manipulation, value spending mortgage, offers availability, the alternatives of Web3. Yeah, what, what do you think about Web3, Jess? Do you, do you have any opinion on that? Um, no, I honestly, no. I, I know it's something that I haven't really uh, took a look at, so I don't. It's okay, like I, 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 I got some, you know, I got some uh, of co those bitcoins in such a long time ago, like really a tiny amount, um, and it's it's a good, it's a good kind of uh, a proof of concept. I don't, I don't know if it's it's something that will explode publicly anytime soon. It's it's kind of difficult infrastructure wise. It's difficult. Um, it's it's for very technical people, um, and that's. You know, n not everybody is as technical as 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 this crowd or or, or um, IT crowd. So, it, it's a very big learning curve. Um, have you ever bought into the Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Do Dogecoin, whatever it's called? <laughs> I stayed completely. Elon I'm so like, nothing? no. Um, I'm, and it's it's probably funny because I know you know a lot of people in this industry are into that and stuff like that and. Um, I learned very early on when somebody dragged me to a casino and I lost twenty dollars and I don't like losing money. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm done, I'm not gambling. And, and for me, that's that's a gamble. I mean, I, I guess there is people that do make pretty good profit out of it and stuff like that. But um when you've been a single parent, when you struggled paycheck to paycheck, every little bit counts. So if you lose, you know, fifty, a hundred, you know, it kind of hurts. Yeah, it's uh, it's every every little every little bit counts, but it's also yeah, it's like kind of burning money. I think that's that's the bitcoins of the world. Like some people made a lot of money out of it, um, but a lot I think a lot more people lost a lot of money out of it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. To me, it was like gambling, and I was just I'm not I was wanting no part of it. So you never never delved into that. So never delved into that. <laughs> So Meta fired 11,000 people.
today or today, yesterday and today. Um, and we keep seeing, I keep seeing on LinkedIn, um, um, hey, it was nice working for Meta on the last uh, couple of years. And uh, someone I've worked, for, uh, worked with before actually got laid off as well. Um, um, 11,000 people, that's, that's a lot of people. What, what do you think went wrong with, with them? Like, Probably overspending. They probably thought, I mean, I, I've seen this happen before, you know, with the, the whole great idea fairy and everything like that. And they get these enormous budgets and they have these big grandiose plans. But then all of a sudden, the money is not generating back for what they're spending. Guess where they're going to cut? Yeah, that's... Uh... That's right. And they way overinflated their um, uh, personnel during the pandemic the past two, three years. They got they hired a lot of people, um, hired a lot of people, a um, lot. And, 11, and that, I mean, just cutting 11,000 people, that's that's enormous. That's enormous. Yeah, it's like it's like a thousand. It's like 10 medium size, a small to medium sized businesses just disappearing in one day. Um, that's yeah. 11,000 people. It's a lot of people. Um, but it's 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 some it's it's all about the cost cutting because people cost money um and that's it <laughs> you know yeah and, and this is that's the and this is the thing that bothers me the most the first thing they think about um getting rid of is is people um let, let's get rid of eleven thousand people they don't i don't know if they looked at anywhere else to cut and usually companies don't do that because it's it's easy picking let's just cut 11,000 people save $2 billion a year uh, will make the stock, uh, the, the stockholders happy, the, the board of directors happy. Um, Colin made a comment about um, uh, he wants to encourage people to separate cryptocurrency from Web3. Uh, um, and, I, and I accept that. That's, that's, they're, they're, clo they're, uh, they're close, but they're not the same. You don't need an electronic wallet to do it. Um, Again, if you want to ask any questions us that relate to cybersecurity, your LinkedIn profile, how to make it better, um, networking, uh, please put it in the comments uh, and we will be, once again, more than happy to answer those questions. Uh, so today I made a post about how it is important to work on your LinkedIn profile when you get, uh, uh, when you get laid off. Um, and I, was, I kind of was kind of mistaking because I encourage people to always work on their LinkedIn profile. Um, not just when you're getting laid off. Um, it's important to keep it up to date because you don't, you don't want to just one day wake up without a job and start working on it. Um, what is the best way just to keep your profile up to date when you still are employed? Like what's your strategy in doing it? Um, so the best way is um, with with any new job, you're gonna intake um, new skills and, and things of that nature. So really, you wanna make sure you're getting those new skills um, that you've attained in that job and job role down um, into your uh, profile section, about me section. That's a good place to put it in there. Um, and then also like one of the things that I've seen people do that I, I think is a mistake is their headlines your headlines really need to tell what you're looking for what job role you're wanting to because really that's how recruiters end up um, getting into your inbox and finding you on linkedin is those headlines so like things like if you're wanting to do cybersecurity analyst SOC analyst um security engineer um grc 
uh, risk, whatever it is, pen testing, you know, you really need those titles and your headlines. Um, and you need it to where it's uh, spaced out evenly. I use, um, I don't even know what the key is called, but it's like that up and down bracket that's straight up and down. I'll like space it, put that in there and then space it again. You want those spaces in there. You don't want anything too close to your wording, like little stars or anything like that, because that ruins their their search when they're doing those search keywords to pulling up your profile. So keeping those things up to date is helpful. Um, and then your about me section and, and putting in your new skills and things of that nature. And, and you know, if there's anything in there that, you, you know, you've accomplished throughout your, your, your new career or whatever it is, um, get that in there as well. I completely agree. One of the things that I see the most, which bothers me is either people just put their role in the title, which is, uh, I'm a SOC analyst and that's it. Nothing. SOC analyst at company name and mm -hmm. that's it. Or they put in a bunch of keywords, but they're all meshed together with no spaces. So when uh, somebody recruiters search for it, they can't find it because it's it's one word. Um, yeah. One thing that also drives me um, insane is the fact that there's a lot of people recommending to put um, icons, emojicons on your title, which is not good, like you said, because then the, the search engine in, in LinkedIn doesn't really catch that. It's like, because you can't search for that. Uh, uh, nobody knows you have a star in your name, in, in your, in your role. Um, and put a couple of them there. You can you can look at uh, uh, Jess's uh, profile if you look at my profile. And we have like I have like things my roles, my current role, and things that I do. So just partition there with that uh, that like little um, line. Uh, and then there's a space. I give it a space because it's 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 a separate word. Um, always remember also your uh, people tend to read the first half of the page. They don't scroll all the way down to your LinkedIn profile. There's a long scroll. Um, people mm -hmm. don't have that kind of time. Concentrate the most important thing on your top half. So your about me um, and um, uh, uh, your experience, put it in there. So if you have a project, for instance, don't put it in the project sections because people are going to have to scroll all the way down in the project sections to see it. Nobody has time for that. Put it in your experience, or if it's a really big project that you're really proud of, um, put it in your about section, uh, but make sure it's on the top half of the page. Um, one other thing that I see is people don't use metrics when they're, when they're talking about their achievements. Um, using metrics is important because it shows you've actually done something. So I did X and then it cost Y. So I cut down the number of licenses and I saved million dollars for the company because my job was to uh, manage the budget correctly. So make sure you have, you have uh, uh, some sort of metrics in there and in your project as well. I did this X project and then it caused something to the company. I raised attrition rates by 50% by doing something. Um, so people can, so, so hiring managers and recruiters can actually see something you've done that, that, that you've excelled in and not just a list, a list of tasks that you were given. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and I, I was told that, um, uh, I don't know when I was told that, but somebody said you really need to get metrics down there. So I really had to go back and think through my career, you know, um, where, you know, what I did and remember all that. So it really is good early on in your career and your job role to start 
keeping a list and keep tracking all of that because when you're like me and you've got like 20 plus years that you've been in the IT industry and then trying to remember that information and update it is really, really hard. So make sure you're keeping track of that always because it does. It, you're, it's going to come back up and you need that kind of stuff in your resume. Yep. Somebody once told me it's called uh, not a cheat book, uh, success book or success. I love book. me book. Uh, it's what I've heard it called. I love me book. I love me book. It could be called yeah. I love me book. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, it could be called I love me book. And that's it's 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 like just said, you know, it's it's something that you keep around with all the things you've done because you've done a lot of you do a lot of things around uh, during the day, during the week, during the month. You don't remember it all, but make sure you have it, you know, all written down. Okay, I did this, I did that. It's it's amazing that once you go back to it, it will work. It will do wonders for you when you redo your resume, redo your LinkedIn profile, or being asked about what your achievements were in your last position, or you're even if you're asking for a raise, you can come in in your six month in a year review and says, "Hey, I have a book of all my achievements. This is what I've done this year. I think I deserve a little bit." of a bump in my pay because I think I've done like a job. Um, yeah. So that in the works. military, that's what they do too. They, that's why I said, I love me book because they call it, I love me book. And it's like all their achievements, all their paperwork, all that, like they keep track of all of that. So that when they're going before the board and stuff for like promotions or whatever they're trying to do, they have all that together. Well, we need to do that too as civilians. And I really wish I had done that because it is super hard trying to think about through every job. And then, you know, trying to remember each project I was a part of, what we changed, how, you know, so keeping track of that throughout your, you know, careers, you're working, is, is, it really is helpful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, that people don't do. Like I've, I've met one, may, one maybe out of like a hundred people that does that. And it's too bad because it's, it's something that's very important to keep in mind. Um, yeah. Uh, but I've seen a lot of military people and veterans and stuff. They're really good at it because they're trained to do that. So they they kind of got a heads up on that part. <laughs> yeah. it's um, Do they teach in the military to do it or is it something that just they gets picked I don't, up? I don't, I don't know if they teach them to do that, but they definitely keep a pretty good track record, especially if they're wanting to, you know, further their career. Like I remember seeing all kinds of people with the I love me books and keeping track of everything and papers and things of that nature. Um, because unfortunately records, you know, go missing. <laughs> that's, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a question and the question is, uh, it's, it's difficult to land a job on cybersecurity. Perhaps I have a lack of info, but I saw that, uh, recruiters, uh, most of them are not serious. Um, that's, I don't think that's not, it's not that they're not serious. There's a lot of layers to, to peel in this onion. <laughs> one of the, one of them is, um, um, let's get from the top. Sometimes, uh, people, um, recruiters, hiring managers don't exactly know what they're looking for. Uh, so it's important to read, read exactly into the job description and see what, what they're actually looking for before, uh, and understand it. Um, so don't get disappointed if you don't get the job. Sometimes it's not your fault. Um, sometimes you missed, uh, sometimes you miss something that they're looking for. Um, sometimes it's, it's a matter of, uh, uh, and especially now a lot of roles, they get eliminated because there's no more money. You know, the market's down, 
um, um, companies are tightening their belt. Um, and, and just the role that was available this week is not available anymore uh, because the CFO decided there's no money for it. Um, that could happen as well. So, so it's not about the recruiters that they're not serious. Recruiters are very hardworking people. Um, they deal with a lot of uh, a lot of resumes on a day-to-day -day basis and a lot of candidates. It's a lot of one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one interactions with all the candidates that go through their pipeline. Uh, but there's a lot of things that happen um, um, in this, especially today, uh, that it can maybe affect uh, the hiring process. And it, it also depends on like the roles you're going after, right? So if you're having to be going after, say, a security analyst position, um, but your resume is kind of all over the place, um, what I've found working with recruiters, they really want you to narrow down the focus of um, tailoring your resume to basically what the job is asking for. Now, you don't have to match up everything in the job description because I don't match everything in every job description that I've ever applied for. Um, but it, it can't look, um, it can't be, how am I trying to word this? Um, you know, you don't wanna like have, uh, say you did IT and then you worked retail, then you kind of need to like really narrow down the focus of, you know, what skills have you done um, that kind of match up to what they're looking for as well. And um, it is a lot of work to tailor your resume. Um, I've had to do mine and I've had to keep several different copies as well, depending on, you know, the job that I was looking at or what it, they were looking for. Um, different hiring managers want to see different things. Um, recruiters um, and hiring managers may not agree on certain things, what they're looking for, again, like you said in the beginning. And then, um, two, um, you know, you I honestly need to make sure you're following back up with them as well. They get thousands of applications. They're talking to probably thousands of people because they don't have just one project they're working on and trying to hire for, they can have, you know, 10 to 15 different ones. So you really need to make sure you're reaching back out with them and saying, you know, hey, I'm interested. Have you heard anything? Things of that nature. Don't just, you know, leave it to them to get back with you, you know, reach back out to them and keep contact. Yeah, it's, uh, it's important for for us to reach out as well, um, not not nag, but just one time saying, hey, I'm reaching out to find out what's the status of ABC. Uh, if you got no reply, that's fine. It happens. You can do like I like I like like I like saying sometimes you can do everything right and still get a no. Um, mm -hmm. And that's quite all right. You know, you, 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 you can you can do that. So a no is not the end of the world. It's, it's just a no for for that position. So don't need to. Uh, uh, um, it doesn't need to affect you that much. Um, let's see. So what do you think about, um, oh, do you have another question? Yeah, we have a question. Cool. Uh, my question is, what is the right path in cybersecurity to become a CISO? Uh, <laughs> so this question I like. Um, it's it's going to be short. Um, well, it's going to be short and long at the same time. Um, so 
you have to start from the ground up. So unless, unless you're a VP of information security, you're not even, you know, uh, in the ballpark of being a CISO because a CISO is, is uh, the highest uh, uh, degree of being a cybersecurity professional in the company. Um, so it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline. Um, you need to learn business a little bit more than you know the tech. So you can grow, grow in the tech world, but to be a CISO, you need to understand things like um, finance. You, have need to, need to, you need to understand things like OPEX, um, and you need to understand things like uh, but the, how a budget works, um, and you need to understand how the business works. Because a lot of uh, the people you're talking to don't understand uh, anything about packets or threat actors or, or um, hacking groups or hacking kits or um, um, anything in that area. So you're talking to the business and you're making sure that they understand the risks. So if you're in the technology world, you need to learn a little bit of the, uh, well, a lot of the business world to become an effective CISO. Um, and nobody's going to invite you to the table. You always need to invite yourself. So if you want to, if you want a leadership role, you have to be a leader. It doesn't matter what your role is. You can be an analyst and still be a leader, but always have the leadership mindset. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, just working closely with um, CISOs from past experience that um, that whole metrics thing, you, you definitely better dive heavily into metrics because uh, the businesses need to see, you know, um, numbers and metrics and um, understanding how to communicate um, in a way that they're going to understand technical terms that make sense to them and doesn't just like, you know, and they're not just going to glaze over um, is really important. And then, um, like you said, getting getting to that point, if you're really interested in leadership and you can just be a SOC analyst, you know, um, hey, what kind of you asking questions like, hey, what kind of projects can I help out with? Can I, you know, can I help with this? Can I lead this in the meeting? You know, kind of just putting yourself out there is really the key to that. But, you know, taking on new projects or asking where you can help and and um, really speaking up in, you know, meetings or asking if you can lead a meeting even. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's uh, how I sorry, got into leadership roles. I, I wasn't invited. I just said, well, I need to get into, I, I need to do something. I need to expand what I, uh, what I do. Nobody invited me. So I just, you know, started to uh, take control. I'm like, okay, so what are we doing here? We need to think about this. Let's, let's get a team together and figure out the next steps. Uh, uh, take leadership most important thing um and eventually you will get to be where you need to be okay we are out of questions for now so you had a question to ask me yeah um i had a question that i saw come across um i i know it can it can seem daunting um when you're a new user to linkedin but what do you think about is the best possible way um of putting yourself out there as far as um like writing content doing videos and things of that and get yourself introduced as a new just pretend you're a new linkedin what is the best like one two three four five steps that you would do as a new user to linkedin uh well <laughs> 
So being new on LinkedIn, it's, it's daunting because you have zero connections um, and, and your profile doesn't look well, um, it's empty. Um, so the first thing I would do is create, work on your profile. Um, and it is, I don't like to say you have to have, you know, a fancy, a fancy uh, profile picture or a fancy background picture. I'm saying you have a, have a normal picture of your face uh, because that's what we relate to. Uh, don't have the blank thing and don't have a cartoon or a cat or your kid. It's all very cute and all, but this is not Facebook. It's, 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 it's uh, LinkedIn. Um, and people want to know who they're engaging with. It's important to them to make that personal connection and have the background just because it looks nicer. Um, it does it, to me, it looks nicer, uh, a complete profile. Somebody gets bothered to take that, that extra step um, and click on uh, uh, the, uh, the, the backgrounds they have, um, many backgrounds they have on LinkedIn. Personally, to me, it means that the person actually thought about how it looks like and it picked, they picked something that's nice for them. Um, it's a per my personal preference. I don't think it means a lot in, in the outside world, but to me, it, it looks better. Um, think, about your, um, think about your tagline, think about your title. What do you want to say? So have, have the keywords for your roles that you would, would like to have have keywords for your um, um, industry. Um, and you can look for those online as well, like on Google, um, just search for keywords and cybersecurity, and you have a lot of keywords that relate to it. Um, on your About Me page, just fill it out with something that is, um, tell them who you really are, tell them what drives you, why you chose a path, why you chose to be a programmer or in cybersecurity or a real estate agent or whatever your, your current um, 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 role or where your passion lies. Um, fill out your, um, uh, your experience and make sure that it is, um, again, it's kind of like your, uh, your past what you did. Fill it up with um, the name of the previous job, the years you've, you've been there, um, your responsibilities with metrics, like what I did. So tell them what you did. Don't just put responsibilities. Say, I did X, Y, Z, and it got, and it did, um, 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 uh, ABC, um, and put three or four of those bullet points for each position. Um, if you went to school, put your school in there. If you went, if you got certifications, put some certifications in there. Because the thing that I look at when I see a new profile coming at me, I look to see if that profile is complete. If like something is off, it's off. Uh, and once you have a complete, well, semi-complete profile, doesn't need to be 100%, reach out to your friends. Everybody has friends from college, from school, from your past work. Ask them to connect with you. They know you. They will approve you and they will say, okay, I know this person because they'll see your picture, they'll see your name. Um, have them, uh, have them uh, connect with them. Um, ask them to endorse you. Ask them to write some recommendations on you. That's a complete profile. You know, and once you do that, then you can start reaching out to do reach out. You know, um, people in your industry, search for them. Say cybersecurity recruiters in... in uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, because that's where you live and you want, or you, where you want to move uh, to um, and uh, connect with them. So that's, uh, it was a big spiel about it, but that's how I see, how I think the path new users should, uh, should take. Yeah, those are a lot of good suggestions. Um, and it, it really isn't anything you have to like have it a professional picture. Like I took my picture with my, with my camera, my iPhone, the banner I got offline. Uh, just because it's a favorite quote from, you know, a really great author that I absolutely love. 
Um, so it, it really, it's just, it doesn't cost a whole lot. Um, I will say that if you're going to invest in LinkedIn, though, I would go ahead and go for the premium monthly account. It does open up a lot um, more um, credits for messaging and then, you know, connections. Um, there's also LinkedIn learning that you get as well with the monthly subscription. Um, so I would definitely, if you can, um, join the premium, especially if you're going to be a big user of LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, I think it's like 25 or they update it to 29. I'm not completely Yeah, sure. and then for veterans that I heard that it's it's free for veterans. Um, oh, yeah. Really? Um, yeah, somebody told me that for veterans or if you're prior, prior, if you're military or prior military, um, I need to find out how they signed up for that. But somebody was telling me about it, but that it's free for them. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, if you let it for free, that's amazing. Yeah. And then um, one of the things that you mentioned, too, which is really good, is like make your about me section sound like a story. You know why? Like you said, why are you interested in the industry? Where you want to go? Where you come from? Talk about your education. Talk about any volunteer experiences you may have. Um, you can even throw some hobbies in there, things that you enjoy. Um, but really, it's about telling your story. It, it is. It's it's. Uh, Simon Sink said, I think, start with the why, and it's 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 the correct thing. Always start with the why. Like, why, why are you doing this? Don't start, I do this, this, and this for you. I I do cybersecurity, or I do this. That's great. But why? Why? Mm -hmm. That's what people, that's why people relate to. That's why, that's what touches people, and that's what people are looking for. Um, let's see. Labor likes the economy by six to nine months regarding the issue of recession. I'm guessing tech and cyber recruitment firms won't notice significant slowdown until Q3 or Q4 next year. Would you agree? Which areas of cyber do you think will be the most affected by uh, things like hiring freezes and just a lack of job openings overall? overall? Oh, that's an excellent question. And I wish I would, I would, have, I would have an answer for that, but I, I really don't. Um, it depends on what industry, for instance, again, finance and medical, there's going to be things that they have to keep. Um, so my guess is they will be a little bit of slowdown in those areas, but not a lot just because they can't do without them. It's not something that they can eliminate. Um, there was a company a couple of weeks ago that eliminated their entire cybersecurity team and they outsourced it. Um, they can do that as well, but that was not, that was not a regulated environment. It was, I think it was, a MSP. Um, have you heard about that, Jess? Like the company that um, fired all their cybersecurity and uh, outsourced them all? I, I did. I don't remember which company that was. Do you remember? I don't know. I remember the name of the company. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, don't I mean, answer for that. It's, it's but really, it's 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 about what's finding out. Like, um, so like, I I think the industry for finance and healthcare, you know, they're still big and still like they still need. You know, you, you kind of want to shoot for companies that are in big supply and demand, right? So you're always going to need healthcare, right? Um, banks, financial institutions, you know, people, people have money, they have jobs. Um, that's constantly a steady flow of income that's coming in. 
And so, you know, cybersecurity is nothing that I think is just going to immediately go away or it's not going to ever be needed. It's, it's needed now and more than ever, and it's just going to keep growing. Um, but you will see lulls, right? You'll see if, you know, a company is not doing very well or if they got to make cuts, you, you might see the teams get a little bit smaller or they decide they do some changes and they grow again. Um, you know, I, I think of it like as a wave. It kind of has this up and down wave with it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's a wave. And I, I wish we had answers of how it's going to look like in six to nine months, but we don't. No, uh, unfortunately, I, I, you know, the, the, the way the economy is right now, and I know a lot of people are struggling. Um, it's one of those things. It's like a gambling, you know, it's taking a gamble. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like taking a gamble. Um, I think we're all out of questions. So it's been 40 minutes. Awesome. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your Thank questions, you everyone. Um, I appreciate your questions, everyone. If you want to ask us more questions, you can feel free to uh, uh, to do it right now. Uh, Jess and I will come back to this thread once in a while and see if uh, um, if you guys have any uh, uh, have any questions for us, and we'll be glad to answer them. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye.